welcome to Mystery Beers episode number 236 of... Brutal Battle! Yeah, so yet another new voice for this one, and it's been a long time actually since we've done a Mystery Beers episode, so two things. One, it's exciting to get back to the Mystery Beers, because that's what this podcast is founded on, doing blind tasting. And two, it's always good to have new people on. Granted, this person's not new to me. <laughs> I know him. His name is Tony Marion. Hello, Brutal Battle audience. So usually when we have a new person on, we're going to talk about their background, what got them into craft beer, all that stuff. In the first episode, then we go from there. This is going to be a little different because Tony's here because he has something time-sensitive. He is a filmmaker and he has a film coming out, but there is a craft beer twist to the whole thing, so just know that. And then we'll talk about that and then we'll get to Tony and who he is on the second episode and in this episode, we will introduce Tony to the world of mystery beer tasting. Yay! Which is always one of my favorite things to introduce people to, because inevitably they're always like, oh, wow, this is fun. I never really thought to do things this way. And I'm like, yeah, you can just do it at home. It's a good time. So, anyway. So, you are Tony Marion, and what do you do as far as this film goes? I am shamelessly showing uh, a film I wrote, directed, and edited uh, this past summer called Loose Ends. It is a small-town heist-slash-revenge movie. Nice. And uh, it's going to be premiering February 23rd at BC Brewery in Hunt Valley, Maryland. And there's the craft beer. uh, There is the craft beer connection. And I will say right now, if people have interest after you hear his talk about the film. If people have interest in going, you can buy tickets through BC Brewery's website. Yes, sir. Which you can get to by just searching BC Brewery if you don't know how Google works. BC Brewery MD. (laughs) And Rebecca and I will be there. Yay! We have purchased tickets, so we will be there. So maybe that's a bonus, I don't know, for people. (laughs) We'll get you there if you see us. Inevitably, if people listen to the podcast, if you're in my vicinity, you hear my voice or you hear Rebecca's voice and you're like, I know that person. (laughs) So you can come and talk to us if you go. So anyway... Not to take your thunder, go ahead. Talk about the project. Uh, the project was actually written uh, three years ago when I still had a full-time job. Um, I went out on my own freelance, and that took up so much time that I didn't think the movie was going to happen. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to uh, a wealthy, generous friend. Good and, to have. Yeah, and and <laughs> I'd never asked them for anything. Like I, I didn't flat-out ask them for a budget. It's a very intelligent person I know, too, so I'd bounce ideas off them. Cool. And one day they said, hey, I know the freelance is going okay, but what, what's with this movie that you pitched me? And I said, well, which one? And he said, the little small town caper movie. I, I like that. And he said, oh. I said, I haven't really taken getting a budget together seriously. And he goes, well, it's thinking about your budget. What could you do with half? And I just kind of okay. <laughs> looked at the person and I said, uh, probably leverage it to get the rest. Um and and they said, you got half your budget. Nice. So I immediately went into fundraising mode, but I also had worked on another independent film that's released now, part of the uh, Headcase Horror Cinematic Universe. I am down with horror. Called Viscera. Love and uh, so I went and, and sat with the director of Viscera and I said, here's my budget. Tell me if you think I'm aiming too high. And he did the funniest thing ever. His name's Anthony Spadaccini, for those unfamiliar with the, the Headcase movies. So a writer-director from Delaware. He starts looking through my budget, and he's like, don't need this, don't need this, don't need this. If you can't get this for free, you're not trying hard enough. Scratch that off. 
he said, I think you can make this movie for cash on hand. Oh. I was a little scared about that. Yeah. So I revisited the budget, though, with his suggestions. And what was half then became two-thirds. Okay. So it's like, okay, now we're in an even better bargaining position. So I found some other investors. Um, not ashamed to say there's a buttload of product placements. <laughs> but almost, actually, all of it is is story is story related. All the all the big product placement stuff is story related. Although you will see a crap ton of BC cans okay. throughout. Nothing Everybody's drinking that. BC beer in the <laughs> no problem with in that. the movie. Well, for me personally, like I I'm only bothered with product placement when it's like large budget studio films because they don't need that money necessarily, <laughs> and it's just excessive, and they beat you over the head with it. So anytime I see it in independent films, it's like I don't care because. You got to get your money somewhere, and I know that. I'm just more lenient with independent stuff in general, and that I guess that's part of the reason I'm so much into horror films, because you have to be very lenient with watching a lot of those. Well, the, the scares help, and yeah, that audience is surprisingly forgiving, forgiving of, yes, of production everything. quality. Um, again... Mine's not horror, so I'm kind of like, oh boy. But, I wonder how this is going to be received. But Revenge, a lot of the times, is seen as horror-adjacent. So it gets lumped in a lot of the times, actually. Like, I subscribe to the Shutter streaming service, which is supposed to be all horror films. But you get Revenge films on there. Some of the best ever, like Old Boy uh, by Chamwick Park, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Lady Vengeance. His whole Revenge trilogy is on there. Plus oh, they have, wow. like, a, um, like, a Chinese... Uh, triad i don't know it's japanese i forget which one's which like a triad film so it's like a chinese gangster film too and it's not horror at all but (laughs) but sometimes it's just you got to know the crowd and even though it's not what their specific loved genre is it's close enough so i kind of feel like revenge is that with horror like it's close enough that people will cross over Right. So what's what's the kind of synopsis, without giving too much away, of the film? Uh, a con man slash thief returns to his hometown after seven years away with a mysterious female companion in tow. Okay. And they're coming back to uh, settle his brother's affairs. Uh, his brother was murdered by the local drug kingpin. And... I started describing it when I was first pitching it to people as Ocean's Eleven in a trailer park, but it's <laughs> okay. it's not really. That sounds good. It's kind of Ocean's Eleven in a small town. Right. Um, it, it's believe it or not, the hardest thing to find was the trailer. <laughs> it took us really. That was the last set we got a hold of was an actual trailer that we could shoot in, and uh, those <laughs> guys. It, it was the weirdest thing. I, I went to so many, and they ranged from. Dude, I would sell my house and live in this tomorrow. Yeah. To here, go. We aired it out all weekend because we evicted the people. Go take a look. <laughs> and when I opened the door, I was hit with a wave of stench yep. that was uniquely BO. Oh, like it yeah. wasn't rotten food. Cool. It wasn't animal feces. It was these people and their pets never bathed. Well, I mean,. That's what indie indie filmmaking is, though, right? <laughs> it's just dealing well, with a whole lot of interesting smells yeah, and situations. And, and I thought, if I can't, if I'm having problems breathing this in after four days, 
I'm not giving it another week and asking a cast and crew to do it. Right. So I went, I threw Hail Mary. I went to one last place and I walked in and I'm like, you guys are going to think I'm nuts. This is what I'm looking to do. Uh, I was talking to the owner's son and didn't know it. And he's like, let me go show you some models. And he took me through them and dad wonders everyone. He's like, you're making a movie. Yeah. We're going to get credit. Yeah. Cool. Let me know when it's done. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that's how we got it. It was just a random flyer to a, to a, a manufacturing place or a resale place. And all their stuff was pretty nice, but they had one that was smallish. And uh, since the, the brother was dead and they were living in his house temporarily, we just sat a bunch of boxes around and wrote like kitchen on them and stuff mm. and packed everything away to explain the emptiness sure. of the it house. Works. And it worked. It worked really yeah. well. We used that for the interiors, and then uh, we used someone else's actual home that I know for the exteriors because that was a little easy to, to get them to agree to that and say, hey, we're taking over your house for four <laughs> days, so too yeah. bad. Can we use your bed? <laughs> <laughs> which we did in the model, which was weird. It was the tiniest bed, and it was one side was held up by bricks. Ooh, we were like, nice. is, is this action in here going to get too acrobatic? And it's like, well, it can't. Yeah, really. maybe. <laughs> But one of the one of the biggest things about doing indie film stuff is it forces creativity. There's so much. And that's actually why doing indie film is such a good setup for big producer or not big producer, big big directors. Yep. Like how do they get there? I mean, something I talk about to people all the time that a lot of people don't know about, Wes Craven, you know, huge name. People respect him so much for what he's done. He started in directing pornography. No, like he's made comments before it, uh, uh, about it in interviews. I mean, he's not around anymore, but he did. He he made these quick comments about having been involved in directing porn before, and then he got into horror, and he's a huge name. So that's where the creativity is, and actually, that's where a lot of good camera work ideas come from. Is yep. from pornography. Sorry, people. This, is, this took a bit of a turn. If you're not into this, but you when know. I was in film school. I had a part-time job with a, a, a production company and they said, uh, Hey, we like what you're doing. Do you want to get in on our side project? Mm, and I said, oh, okay. So they were trying to get a porn together. Yeah. They showed me the audition tape. Um, and you're like, do I have to pay for this? <laughs> they were withholding the crack. Oh, until after. Oh, she got naked for the audition and Ugh. there were, there were bullet knife wounds. On oh her my torso. God. And I was just like, are you guys kidding me with this? And they're like, no, we're having problems finding legit talent. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I yeah, don't yeah. want any part of this project. Yeah, that's the stuff. Uh, nope. And as far as I know, it never got off the ground. Shockingly. Well, thankfully, it sounds <laughs> like. Jesus. Yeah, that's. So we're talking about this film on a beer podcast. What's What's the, how much beer is in this? I mean, you said there, the, the people in it drink from BC cans. Yes. But talk about if there's any additional involvement for BC Brewery or any breweries and in not, it. Not in the movie as such, but... The uh, event. Premiere night. Yes. Uh, February 23rd. Uh, uh, my friend and the brewmaster at BC, Jim Wagner, who also has a small role in the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that only Jim could play. I'm ready for it. And the character's name, believe it or not. Is Jim. Okay. Uh, Jim has actually brewed a special beer for the evening. Uh, the villain of the film is obsessed with his local diner's chocolate cream pie. The whole chocolate cream pie is a metaphor for 
how he views himself mm-hmm. as a gangster. And it's it's interesting. It's explained in the film. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Jim made a chocolate cream pie stout called Barry's Indulgence. And uh, your ticket price also gets you a four pack to take home with you. Boom. Yes. As if you didn't need more. Well, I mean, to be honest, it helps to have beer, take home beer involved with something like yeah, this. Yeah, it does. <laughs> because, I, I mean, it it's hard to get people to get excited about film, especially. They never know what quality they're going to get. Exactly. I mean, it's. Do I really need to drag myself to this yeah. if it's just going to be like handheld VHS crap with bad ads? Yeah, I know. Well, it's it, tough. It also it's it's a typical community of people who will give indie film a shot because your normal your everyday normal Joe doesn't know about indie film. They just know oh what big budget films are coming out in the theater. So when you talk to them about like a smaller film, they're kind of like, oh, the what? They're like, they're, wait, there's no big name in it, and they just can't wrap their head around that. So you kind, of, you know, you have to speak to a certain community of people who appreciate that stuff. But on top of that, if you want to grow a little bit further outside of that community, throwing a four pack of beer in, into the mix is very helpful. Very helpful, and that was actually Jim's idea. Like, it's a great idea. I was kind of, I was toying with it in the back of my head, but they were being so cool with letting us use the space and everything that I didn't want to bring it up. And then it was either uh, Jim or Rich brought it up, but Jim was Jim was a champion of it right away. If it wasn't his idea, honestly, I don't remember whose idea it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were on it right away, and and I had a I had a taste um, about a month or two ago. And it was really good. I have one can of it mm-hmm. in my fridge at home. There was one extra can, and I was actually going to bring it here today, <laughs> but I'm like, no, I still have to take pictures of this yeah. for Instagram for the next couple weeks, so I don't want to empty it. Well, I mean, we're going to have eight of them to bring home. You since are going to have Rebecca eight and I of are them. both going, and we were going to go to it anyway since we know you and we want to support your film. But then when you told us about the beer takeaway, then I was just like, uh, sweet. I'm even more excited. And then when we found out what the beer was. Rebecca's immediate response was, ooh, I need that. <laughs> well, we can't, we can't, as a production company, spend the same amount on marketing that we spent on the budget. So instead, yeah. I have a special beer, and I'm on Brutal Battle and <laughs> some other yeah. podcasts. I mean, do what you can. Yeah, and, it, and it, I knew it would be fun to come here and talk to you. Yeah. Um, and are you just going to sit there and act like you've, you've never acted in any of my stuff before? Or are you going to keep Yeah, that way, way back. So <laughs> just to... You know, pull back the lid a little bit on the <laughs> on the next episode. Uh, Tony used to do videos for Duclaw Brewing, and way back when he was doing a bunch of those videos, I got involved and I did some acting in them. So, are those even able to be found online or anything? Some of them are still online, but I have all of them, <laughs> in, including uh, the two that were never finished because things went awry with the beer mm. and. Uh, and one, the only one that we ever got a cease and desist on. I, I still have that one, but we can we can talk about that some other. Do time. you have the one where I had to act like I was having terrible diarrhea? I don't know if you remember that one. I think I that was do. for misery. It was, and that that was uh, not to get too inside baseball, but uh, and and everybody knows. So I'm not telling stories about Duclaw out of school because Duclaw explained this. Um, at the end of the day, yeast are living things. And you can have all yeah. the science you want. You may get a batch of yeast that says, yeah, we're not listening to you. We're doing whatever we want. Oh, yeah. Misery was supposed to be between 10.5 and 11.5 ABV. Mm-hmm. 
it was at 14 when they pulled the plug and said, we can't serve this to people. We have to kill this and we can't serve it. So we shot a misery video that you were a part of that I never even edited together because the beer got pushed. So if anyone wants footage of me acting like I have terrible diarrhea, like violent diarrhea, email Tony. <laughs> and stuffing a cat in a mailbox. <laughs> yeah, that not actually. Well, wait, didn't did we, we did. actually we, put them in there? We used, we used um, <laughs> uh, my wife and, and my cat, Leo. And uh, he actually liked it in a mailbox. He didn't want to come back yeah, out. Yeah, I do remember that. We're that trying to get him out. And he's just like, nope, I'm good, guys. <laughs> I'll just stay here until the mail lady comes. I live here now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yes, I have done. And I've done acting and some other stuff before, but I'm, I mainly just watch movies now. <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to acting in some stuff here or there, but I mainly just watch movies now. And drink beer. Those are my two favorite things. That's why it made sense when you asked if you could come on that I was like, yeah, of course you can come on because A, we're friends. B, I love beer. B, then C, I love movies. So it just puts everything together. No problem. Awesome sauce. Cool. So is there anything else that you feel like you, you should definitely throw out there about it? Give the date again at BC Brewery. February 23rd, BC Brewery. Sunday. Sunday, 1-4. We're going to do a little Q&A after, oh, cool. which with my cast and crew nice. will be very interesting. Um, we've got a guy, he played a small role, but he's like a young Robin Williams, so we may have to snatch the mic back from him. <laughs> the brain is always moving, and, got it. and he's great with what he comes up with. Um, yeah, so... It's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. Uh, some other brewers had cameos. Oh, cool. Um, the boys from Manor Hill. Nice. Kirk Kroll mm-hmm. and uh, Brandon Miller, a.k.a. Millhouse. They cameoed in the same scene as Jim. So nice. It's a little Duclaw Brewer cast reunion, reunion party minus one guy who sure. we couldn't get because I just couldn't get a hold of him. And then the logistics of it, it's like, well, I really only need three additional dudes for this poker game. So, yeah, so what works? Well. Yeah. So I'm assuming that while you watch the film, you can drink beer. You can drink beer. Yeah. You can order food. Yeah. I, I would appreciate it if you did both those things. Yeah. <laughs> so it would make it, make it worth it for BC to do stuff like this for people again because they're mm-hmm. into it. Their space is huge. Yeah. So they got the room for it, and, and they're really good dudes. Well, and Maryland doesn't really have, like, an Alamo draft house or anything fun like that, so this is kind of your opportunity to get that type <laughs> yeah. of experience, to be honest, because I can tell you from experience I've been to something like that, and eating good food and drinking good beer while you watch a movie is a lot of fun. Well, I'm sure most people do that at their house anyway. But think about that in a more, like, theater-type setting. Yeah, with the communal vibe yeah. going on. Yeah. The only way you can make it better is if you're watching The Room with Tommy Wiseau <laughs> and just making fun of it and heckling the screen. Oh, oh, that may happen. We don't, we don't know. Jury's still out. I mean, if you want me to, I can start that. I can just do it regardless. Well, we're thinking of making a drinking game because we have noticed oh. one idiosyncrasy. Sure. And I did it on purpose. But I didn't know I did it to this level that people were like, this should be a drinking game. (laughs) Uh, My villain monologues quite a bit. And that was done on purpose. I described him to the actor who played him as, he's Negan from The Walking Dead, but he fancies himself Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. So you need to land on someone who thinks they're a lot more in control than they actually are. Got it. And uh, he killed it. But yeah, as we were watching it, I'm like... Man, I really made Barry monologue quite a bit, didn't I? <laughs> They're like, yeah, Barry. Barry likes to 
likes to tell people everything he knows. And it's funny because it was based on a couple real people I know too. Like I took some personality pieces from people I know and, and I do know a, a couple very smart people who, if you ask them a question, you better have an hour or two. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, I know some folks like that. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, so like I said, Rebecca and I will be there for this on Sunday the 23rd of February. Like we said, you can go to BC Brewery's website to purchase tickets for it. It's 25 a piece. 25 for a ticket and your four-pack of Barry's Indulgence Chocolate Cream Pie Stout. I mean, that's a good... I mean, in my opinion... Like a four pack of that beer would probably run you in the store like sixteen bucks or something. So you're not paying a whole lot to see the movie. Plus, like I said, you can drink and eat. Yep. So hopefully, uh, hope to see some people there. And like I said, you'll recognize Rebecca and my voices, so you can <laughs> just come up to us and sit down and have a beer with us and have some food with us and talk, but not during the movie. I'll be the drunk, nervous guy <laughs> huddled in a corner. Yeah, and maybe you can throw out as an optional thing the drinking game. Explain it before the show and be like, if you're feeling like doing this, if you, if you took an Uber or Lyft today, yeah. do this drinking You've game. got a DD. Every time Barry starts into a long monologue, start drinking. So that means Rebecca or I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to choose beforehand who's doing it. Flip for it. Or we could do half and half. <laughs> I do it for the first half. She does it for the second half. Cool. So let's, uh, with that done, let's get you into your first blind beer tasting. It's going to be interesting. And you did say disclaimer, you're a little stuffed up. I'm a little stuffed up. I've been fighting a sinus thing off and on for two months now. I had a really bad one a couple weeks ago and it's, it cleared up. And now this morning my eyes were watering like crazy. I've had a lot of ups and downs with my sinuses because the weather's been nutty because it's Maryland and that's what happens in in Maryland. So, all right, we'll do our best. Let's jump into the first beer. The coloration, like a yellow-orange, slight orange, more on the yellow side, I'd say. Yeah. Slightly hazy? Slightly hazy. Not quite straw, but in that vein. I would guess not supposed to be a hazy IPA. I'm hoping not supposed to. Very thin, white head. All right. Going in the smell. (laughs) Smells happy to me. Smells happy. Mm, there's a little resiny note in there, too. It's kind of like a little sticky resiny that goes along with a little bit of a pine note, which kind of mixes into a little mango. I was going to say that, but I was also going to disclaim it with, but every time I've <laughs> tasted beer in the past with actual brewers, they're like, wrong, when I would try to describe <laughs> the hops. Yeah. But yeah, I'm feeling something a little tropical. Definitely. But yet a a little bit of pine in there too. Yeah, and to me, a lot of times when there's like a little bit of a pininess and there's also like a mango, I feel like they go hand in hand because if if you've cut into a fresh mango, it has a little piney note to it in the flavor and in the aroma. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. But um, there's a little sweetness on the nose as well. Ooh, and I just got a little pineapple. Slight pineapple in there. Just presented itself. Yeah, I'm not getting a specific. That's fine. Yeah, I'm interested to see where the sweetness goes, because it's a little sugary sweet on the end of the nose, and I'm wondering how much that's going to come across in the flavor. I'm hoping not a lot, but you never know. All right, we can go ahead. Okay. Oh. A lot more mellow than I expected, mm-hmm. based on the aroma. A lot more mellow. 
There's a decent bitterness there, which I like. It feels like it comes in to me more at the end. Definitely. Definitely. I taste the pine. I taste the mango. I taste that pineapple. All those nice tropical notes, plus the pine. And it's a little bubble gum in there as well. It's kind of like a fruit-striped gum, but way, <laughs> way dialed down and not sweet, really. And like I was saying, the sweetness in the nose, it's not actually really there in the flavor so much. Yeah, I'm getting way more aroma than mm-hmm. than actual flavor from it, but it's not... I like the bitterness. It's not over the top. Yeah. And now you have to slam the whole thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not actually a thing on the podcast. Is, is is Barry monologuing somewhere? Actually, the way that we the way that we tell everyone disclaimer, which I forgot to tell you before we started recording, you don't have to drink everything. Okay. Like it's not mandatory if you taste a beer and you're like, I don't really like that, or I just don't feel like having that today. No shame in it. We dump beers all the time, and not necessarily because we hate them, just because you know, yeah, got stuff going on. But I like this beer. I think it's nice. I think it's. It's got a nice bitter bite to it, which I feel like I'm missing in a lot of IPAs nowadays. So when I get that, I'm like, thank you. And it's it's mm. mellow in a sense that I don't feel like it's it's akin to a session IPA by any means. No. But it's it's mellow. I don't feel mm-hmm. like taxed. My palate doesn't feel like it would get fatigued too quickly drinking it. Yeah, and it's got a decent body to it. It's not, like, super watery. It's not overly yeah. thick. It's kind of that medium viscosity that's just nice. Do you remember um, Mysterium? Yeah, that that had, like, the spices in it, Yeah, right? but body and, and mouthfeel on this kind of reminds me of that. Like, right there, just... Is that a yeah. Weizenbach? No, it was... It was um, technically... It was a wit that was spiced differently. Okay, as got it, it was. That one, when you said the name, I'm like, yes, I know that beer, but I'm like, spices? I can't pull Great the style. fall hammock beer. Oh Late summer, early fall hammock beer. I'm super iffy on spices and beer, though, so. I love I, I, All right, so bank all your information on that first beer. Let's move to the second beer. And this looks pretty clear, but it's like ruby red. With maybe a tinge of a brown to it, but pretty red. Yeah, it's... Very red, actually. <laughs> Man, that looks pretty. I like the look of that. Yeah, oh, and when I swirl it up, it gets a little bit of a head on it, and it's like a slight pink on that head. Like dark pink, reddish. Alright. Sure. Ooh. Yes. That's, Whoa. That's a good smell. That's such a good smell. It smells kind of sour. I like it. It smells kind of sour, but it also... Maybe it's because we were talking about it. It smells like there's some spicing. Yeah, I was going to say it reminds me kind of, at first, like wine. Yeah. Yeah, More I can like see that. some wine notes in there. Oak barrel. A little oaky woodiness in there. Yeah, it smells like it definitely could be some sort of wine barrel aged sour. But it's not smelling super sour. It's smelling more on the tart end. Yeah. Almost like a sweet tart candy. Yeah, definitely. I get some fruit to it. Maybe a little raspberry mixed with a little cherry. Maybe a little blackberry as well, actually. I got got the raspberry. The cherry, just a hint. 
Yeah, it's small. It's it's small. <coughs> it smells good though. Yeah, it does. It's coming together, and like I said, there's there's a little bit of like a spice something in there, maybe like a nutmeg, or like a clove, just sitting at the end of each sniff. Now that could be something else going on with it. <laughs> I mean, the yeast even could give some of those, but I mean this in the best way possible. It reminds me of one of my favorite hand soaps. <laughs> The smell of it. I'm glad you predicated it by saying in the best way possible. That's kind of like when we say, like, it smells like cat pee, but in a good way, which we have done on the show before. Really? Well, maybe not that specific thing, but we have had some things where it's like a weird smell and you're just like, that smell, that sounds terrible. We're like, no, but it's good. All right, going in for a sip. Mmm. Yeah, there's a definite... It's a low tartness, but it's enough to create a little phlegm in the back of your throat, which I appreciate. And this one, the taste is more in the middle. It's like, here's some sweetness, boom, it's tart, and here's some sweetness. That's a good point. I really do like how it starts kind of sweet, and then it transitions to the tartness. Because it's kind of like, if it was the opposite, it'd be a little, little too weird on the palate. Yep. It's like the sweetness kind of primes you for that um, rise of the tart that comes at the end. Hmm. It does taste kind of wine-like, though. Like, it's slightly rosé-like. So, like, light red grape. Um, It tastes good. And like I said, like, low tartness. trying to see. Do I taste... Yeah, I think I taste the raspberry and cherry. Although you could just say it tastes like berries. Unable to define specifically what berry. Now on that sip, I got your blackberry too. Yeah. So it's dancing around. Yeah. And there's a slight apple on the finish. Not like a I wondered what that was because, yeah, yeah, there's a note under the tartness that creeps in that's sweet but not too sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the apple's... It's not one of those apples that you'd think like, oh my god, it's like acetylaldehyde because that's an off flavor, and that's usually like a green apple flavor. It's more of like a sweeter, like yep. a gala apple. That's what I eat most, is gala apples on the sweeter side. So um, This is good, too. I like I like both these beers, to be honest. Mm. And this is kind of like a approachable sour. It's one of those where... You know, you could get people who are into sours into this, and they'd be like, oh, this is more of like a sessionable sour. Or you get people who are like, I don't know if I really like sour beers. Well, give this one a try. Reminds me a little bit of like a Rodenbach-type deal. Like, Rodenbach sours, are, it's always like a Flemish-style red, which this could be. And it's, you know, lower on the acidity. It's more just tart. It's got a lot of fruit notes, typically berry. And it's easy and sessionable. Makes me suspicious. <laughs> is this the potion beer? This could be the potion beer, potion I wonder. Because I know it came out. It's like P-Ocean, which is a collaboration between Dogfish Head and Rodenbach. Gotcha. And maybe that's why I'm saying this is kind of like Rodenbach. Which, by the way, if people are looking for a way to get friends in the sour beers or loved ones, Rodenbach is one of the best gateways into that. I was that. just going to say good gateway sour. Uh-huh. Okay, I like both these. They're quite tasty. I still feel like I get some sort of slight spice in the actual flavor, 
but it's not super pronounced, so I feel like it's something else going on. Not I'm not picking spice. up any spice, but again, a little sinusy. Right. The stronger flavors are really coming through to me, though, and, and I do like, I do appreciate how it kind of fades out at the end there. It is nice. Yeah. And I'm not a sour guy by any means. Well, going from the second beer, from beer B to beer A, the it makes beer A taste more viscous, more sweet, more piney, more resiny, which Ooh. isn't what I liked most when I ch- tasted that beer, but it's it's a different version of it that's still good. So yeah. just another this this happens all the time on the podcast. It's like if you have one beer, then you have another one. It influences. And I wonder what, what this flavors. what uh, beer A would do if you warmed it a little bit. Yeah, because it's still relatively cold. Yeah, both of them are. Okay, so this is where we got to go with the rating system. So, oh wow! I primed Tony on this. I said, "Do what you want," because Rebecca certainly does. Um, one to ten <laughs> for me. I'm very harsh on it. Some people are more, you know. So I'll go ahead and go first. Let you figure things out. So for me, for beer A, I like this. It's solid. I'm going to four. Pretty decent for me. Now, beer B, I'm going to go five on beer B. I think it's just a little bit better, in my opinion. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, now, are we, we judging what we think of the craftsmanship, or? It's up to you. Wow. Totally up to you. I mean, there there are times that we have guests on, and that's how they go. They're clear. They go. You know, this isn't my type of style. But if I were into this style, I think it's well done. So I'll give it this rating. Or we have the opposite, where I'll call it out when Mike Johnsack's on here. He says, if you have a sour on the on the podcast, I'm going to give it a terrible rating because I just don't <laughs> like sours. And he certainly does that. That doesn't seem fair. Well, you know, it's up to the guest. Whatever okay. you want to do. Um, I think I'm going to go for beer A, probably six, because yeah, I can see myself sure. drinking this. Yeah, it's a good repeatedly. beer. Um, I'm torn because beer B seems really well made. Yeah. I don't want another one. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I, d- I don't want to downgrade it because it's not my personal taste. I mean, I know people who would love this beer. Yeah, so... I'm going to tie him up. I'm going to say six for that guy, too. Okay. So the slight winner being Beer B with an overall 5.5, and the loser, but not really a loser, is Beer A with a 5. Both actually really good ratings for this podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the podcast, those are very good ratings. All right. So let's... Uh, Beer let's... A, I will take you home and love you, even though you lost. <laughs> All right. So let's find out what Beer A is with an overall 5. The loser of the episode is... Oh, man. Blizzard of Hops by Trogues Independent Brewing. Really? It's their winter IPA. and Well, that makes a lot of sense now. 6.4% alcohol. The hops in it are Centennial, Galaxy, Chinook, El Dorado. The Galaxy is where that pineapple is probably coming yep. from. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm not surprised I like this because I typically like this beer. So, awesome. Have you ever had that beer before? I have not had that beer before, but I probably will in the future. Um, Troves, my man. wife is a hoppy girl, so mm-hmm. and she's always looking for stuff when we go away for holidays to Perfect. see her family. So I'm going to recommend this for sure because it's right. It's right about her sweet spot. She's a six to seven percent girl. Cool. And yep. then when it's you know 
no driving is assured, then it's golden monkey time. But yeah, she would be awesome. Right. Pass on the uh, info. Now the winner of the episode with an overall 5.5. I guessed it. Sorry. Vibrant Potion, the collaboration between Dogfish (laughs) Head and Rodenbach. 6.7% alcohol. I'm sure they have to have. Okay. A cross-Atlantic collaboration that melds the old-world charm of a two-year fooder sour with the funky irreverence of an elderberry, elderflower, and fleur de sel kettle sour. Oh, there's kettle souring? Okay. So it's a blend of a spontaneous fermentation versus kettle souring. Yeah. Oh. That's, I don't... That's really interesting. I'm not sure I've ever heard of anyone doing that before. That kind of mini blew my mind. <laughs> Look, mini mind blow on that one because it just, yeah, okay, I get it. Maybe that's where some of the um, more downplayed tartness is coming from because that's probably on the kettle sour and the more of the depth of flavor is coming from the spontaneous portion. Wow. That's a very cool idea too. Yeah. It's a very cool idea. So I'm glad this showed up on the podcast because this is a beer that I was recently like, oh, that got released recently. I need to pick up a can of that to give it a shot because I really like Dogfish Head. I really like Rodenbach. Got excited about it. So it's good, people. We can recommend it. It's very good. good. Actually, both beers are quite good. So awesome. Um, Tony, thank you for being on for this. Thank you for having me, sir. We're doing another one, and everyone stick around for that because we're going to learn who is Tony. And craft beer-wise, more importantly, <laughs> who, it, who was and is Tony. Run. <laughs> Run and hide. Well, thanks, everyone. And until next time, keep it brutal. Keep it brutal.